The following is a Tony Lozano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And now, Free Kicks. Free Kicks. With Illinois Youth Soccer Association's Director of Coaching, Adam Howarth and Rick Kemper. Hey, welcome to another edition of Free Kicks. Uh, It's uh, your buddies, Adam and Rick. And Adam has been uh, traveling all over the place again uh, this past week. Uh, Adam, where where have you been now? Tell us the hot spots in Illinois that you've been hitting. Oh, my goodness, the hot spots. Where have I been? So I was in Murfreesboro, Mascuda, all kinds of different places, heading to O'Fallon today. Mascuda? Uh, Where is Mascuda? Um, So Mascuda is kind of southern part of Illinois, so not too far from Edwardsville, O'Fallon, that area. Okay. So kind of in that area. But also, like I said, Murfreesboro. And then it was also in Mawequa, Mawequa, which is by Decatur. So lots of different places. Cool. That sounds fun. Um, Do you have any uh, any more travel scheduled for this week? Yeah, like I said, uh, O'Fallon today, heading down there to do a coaching course. So that's going to be there, and then I'll be back. And then this weekend, we're back up in uh, Arlington Heights uh, doing some courses and then actually working with U.S. Soccer, doing one of their courses on Saturday. So that'll be a lot of fun. Okay, now, with your schedule, do you get to watch a lot of the Premier League games, or do you have to tape them and, and try to figure out ways to do it? I tape the I tape them all and then I watch them during the week. So um, I do watch a lot of the highlights and then and then I'll try and kind of whiz through the games as much as I can. So one thing for me is it's going to slow down as soon as the season starts. Things get a little less hectic. So then I get a I'll get a Saturday morning where I can just really enjoy the games. So do you get a, man getting personal here? But do you, do you get up early on Saturday mornings, make a cup of coffee, and just kind of settle in for uh, a daytime of viewing uh, on, on weekends when you're once the uh once the like youth season begins yeah yeah definitely yeah normally it's tea first rick and ah, then tea. Coffee. okay yeah so there you go but uh but definitely lots of coffee but yeah so that 6 30 game i actually quite like I actually caught most of the game this past week the early game before I got uh, before I was doing stuff so but yeah so I'll try and catch those early games normally that 11:30 game is a little bit trickier sometimes there's stuff going on or if my son's got games or whatever it may be always gets a little tricky but um, but yeah I always try to record them but settle in have my uh, sometimes the uh, nice little bacon sandwich which is good <laughs> and uh, settle in and watch the game so and just enjoy so and then uh, then normally the my kids kind of wake up at halftime and sit there and watch the game with me. Okay. Well, I just wanted to set the stage for everyone kind of picturing how it happens at Adam's house. And uh, <laughs> and we'll we'll get to start here with our audio, uh, which will lead us into our Premier League discussion. Premier League football. What's happening on the pitch? Okay, some big games. You gave us a good TV tip last week. You told us to watch the Arsenal-Chelsea game, and you did not disappoint with that one, did you? No, it was probably the best game of the season so far. Yeah. Um, certainly exciting. 2-2 at half time. Ended up uh, a great 3-2 win for Chelsea, which was great. Um, not much defending. Not much <laughs> going on there. But uh, certainly lots of attacking. And it's certainly a, a, a definitely a, a different look 
with both teams in terms of how they're playing, uh, but uh, definitely an exciting match to watch. You know, I was looking ahead at uh, Chelsea's schedule, and coming up, uh, they're going to be playing some of the lower table teams. And uh, by my estimation, Chelsea could go into the end of September undefeated. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, yeah, it looks like the schedule's in their favor a little bit. So, I mean, they started off with, um, you know, Huddersfield away, which was a good win. I think they got the confidence up, and then obviously this was a big win. Yeah, I think they've got a good shot of uh, of racking up some points early and uh, try and stay stay in tune with the, the Man Cities, the Liverpools, and the other teams up there. So, uh, this past week, that game, you got to say, if uh, Obama Yang, and that's how I'm pronouncing it, I don't know if that's correct or not, but I'm going with it because I can remember Perfect. how to say that. Um, Perfect. He missed two wide open goals. I mean, wide open. The ball comes yeah. to him. He's in the box. There's goalies not there. Whiffo. Um, that must make you a little nervous. Yeah, no question. I mean... I mean, the, the the defending was very, uh, very lackluster to say the least. And yeah, he had that one that came right across, literally from the six yard box, and he hits it, you know, twenty feet over. That was very, very lucky. Yeah, it uh, was. But 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 it just seemed like both teams every time, you know, they were able to find, you know, seams. The balls were kind of cutting in between the outside back and the center back. There was always opportunities where they were breaking lines defensively. It was just both teams were very shaky. But then on the flip side, offensively, they both looked really good. Yes. You know, the passing yes. was good. You know, this Arsenal, this playing out of the back, this new way of playing, I think, suits them. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's still the same problems for them defensively. I think Chelsea has to kind of sort themselves out a little bit. But... From what you know, I heard this too. It looked like, you know, they've gone through preseason and they haven't they haven't started defending yet on preseason. You know what I mean in their training yeah. session. So I think offensively, boom, they've got everything set. Now it might be good to go back to the training training ground and work on some defending. Yeah, no, that's true. And you know, uh, with these two new coaches at Arsenal and uh, Chelsea, they're still kind of learning their way too. I mean, they're still trying to figure out the new coach, the new system, etc. Exactly. New coaches takes a little while to gel. I'm just super happy. Chelsea got two good wins, you know, a home and away win. So it's a, a good start for them as they figure things out. You know, I was at a high school game yesterday. My son uh, plays and, uh, they they were doing the long ball, you know, the long ball down the field, the long ball across. The, they were playing the old English-style football. And and as I was watching it, I kind of uh, made a mental note to, to mention it to you, but that's not really the English style of football anymore, is it? No, it really isn't. I mean, we definitely are playing out of the back. I think you saw that in the World Cup, you know, playing with – three with three defenders sometimes four depending on the on the formation but it's really playing through the lines it's really connecting passes through the middle you're not seeing too much of a long ball um i think teams that you're going to see that in the premier league probably cardiff is a team that's very direct in how they play right. and they're going to be ones that are really looking to score off off free kicks, corner kicks, long throws, that kind of stuff. But for the most part, especially the top six teams, you're seeing a great level of of possession-type soccer. 
All right, well, let's talk about the one top six team that uh, is probably freaking out a little bit, and that's Manchester United. Uh, I don't know if you saw that game. I did. I did. Um, I was actually driving. I listened to it. That's the beauty of of listening to games. So I love listening to games on the radio, which is great. So luckily we have serious radio, which is good. And uh, I was able to listen to it. And then I watched it when I got back. But, yeah, it's definitely a mess. I mean, they were talking about how defensively, again, Manchester United, you know, again, they've got some different players in the back. But all, all well, they're basically a shambles in the back, just really making mistakes, look like they really hadn't been working together as a group. And then offensively, they're not firing on all cylinders either. Well, the thing about uh, the defensive part of the equation is that that's kind of Jose Mourinho's specialty, isn't it? I mean, they the idea is to defend, and then you know if you get a chance to break out and, and score a goal, great. But the idea is you can't lose if you you know if you if you don't give up any goals. That's right. That's right. You know, he's definitely well known for his parking the bus mentality and. Uh, I think some of the players that he's got in are really just not bought into it. And I think maybe their preparation, thinking it was Brighton, you know, they probably thought, oh, we don't have to, you know, do as much defensively. So I think we're just going to be able to kind of roll over them. And that's the beauty of the Premier League. And I think that's why we like it so much is because anybody can beat anybody on any given day. And that's that's exactly what happened. And now Jose is under a, a massive amount of pressure. Yeah, you say anybody can beat anybody at any day, but I'm starting to think that Huddersfield's not going to win all year. (laughs) (laughs) But I watched that game against uh, Manchester City, and I know Manchester City is unbelievably great. That team is just amazing. But 6-1? to Woo, boy. Yeah, they've had a rough start. Nine goals in two games they've conceded. So... uh... Yeah, it's not good. Now that being said, you know you just they're. Pre- I think the the manager is a as a German American guy. I yeah. think he's pretty pragmatic. I think you're going to see them tighten up defensively a great deal. Uh, they're going to have to. I mean, realistically, they probably with the first two games they probably didn't think they were going to win them anyway with Chelsea and Man City, but. Um, you know how they do against those middle to lower level teams is really going to determine what happens to them. But they're not looking good. Uh, that's it, for sure. Yeah. It's I, I guess we won't know until they're playing one of the teams that just came up. You know, if they're playing Cardiff or you know even some of the teams like Newcastle, which is not looking very good so far this year. It, Exactly, exactly. So, you know, when you get up against those, I mean, really the top 10 kind of separates themselves. And then after that, you know, anybody could beat anybody on a given day. And that's that's the thing. And I think that's what's going to happen with Huddersfield. They'll, they'll win a few. Uh, but like like we talked about, I think they're, they're probably definitely one of the favorites to go down. So another one of the top six teams is Tottenham. And, and they... Uh had a momentous occasion, which I I did not realize that Harry Kane, the darling of England, yeah. ha, have have they built any statues yet to Harry or uh, <laughs> not yet? Not yet. Not okay, yet. soon. Um, got his first August goal ever in the Premier League. That's kind of hard to believe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean he had not done much uh, in in the month of August, and uh, 
So what ended up happening was he was able to bang one in, so which was great. And he definitely had lots of chances yeah. during the course of the course of the game. Uh, so he's kind of broken that that August duck there, so to speak. And now September, when September rolls around, he starts banging them in. So maybe he'll score a few more this weekend before they get going. And they got a big game too, as we'll talk about here later on. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I also wanted to talk to you uh, before we finish this uh, a segment here about Jamie Vardy. I missed yeah. this game. I, I heard that he got a red card. I don't know what it was for. Did did you see it? I just I did see the tackle. Uh, it was a violent tackle, straight in. Uh, kind of went in, got a lot of ball, but got a lot of player as well. Uh, kind of a tough one. I haven't heard too much about the commentary concerning uh, what's going to happen, but you know it was just one of those where you could say, yeah, straight red card just because he went ball and player. And especially with the protection of players these days, he, he was always going to go for the red card. Yeah. Okay. Uh, before we uh, talk more about the red card, I do have uh, audio because I'm going to ask you about your foreign tradition. And now yeah. explain that foreign tradition, please. Okay. Uh, this is a Premier League question just in general. And that is when you get a red card, I, you get suspended for the next game or you get suspended for three games? How do they how do they work that? Yeah, it's different levels. So basically what would happen, so Jamie Vardy, for example, straight red card, violent conduct in terms of the tackle, he was gonna have to sit three games. Now, if a player gets two yellows, which equals a red card, so let's say for example he, you know, said something bad tackle, and then another bad tackle. He will only sit the one game. Oh, now they, I see. So that, so that's typically how it works. So if it's a straight red, you could miss either two or three games. The two would be you get a straight red typically for dissent. You said something to the referee, okay, or something, uh, you know, poorly done. Right. And then the three game, three games is probably the most common of a straight red because typically it's a bad tackle, you know, a tackle from behind, whatever it may be. If it's deemed as really, really badly done, they could sometimes go up to four, four games. Wow. Um, but, uh, but typically it's a three. Okay. And then the other way, and then the other way that people can miss, and we obviously not got into this situation yet, but after they accumulate five yellows, then they'll miss uh, a game as well. So that kind of counts as uh, kind of a red card, so to speak. So when they start accumulating yellows, that's what ends up happening. So so how many games was Luis Suarez uh, uh, suspended for when he bit that guy? Yeah. <laughs> was that yeah. a, a three-gamer or was that it was, a... it was it was i think it was more like a nine-monther yeah, oh, okay. so quite, <laughs> okay. yeah so it was it was quite a quite an extensive break so i think sometimes they'll take it into uh consideration how how bad it is and then they'll have some type of re uh, review and that's what ends up happening and there's also after the fact stuff so for example if they miss something if the referee misses something they could still get uh action after the work after it so they because of the way video is they can see something so if a referee missed it and it was deemed as being a bad tackle or bad foul they could get suspended as well so they talk a little bit about that as well when uh, when tackles are bad that maybe a referee does does miss 
Okay. I think by the end of this season, I may have some of this, I may have this all down, but you know, <laughs> th- there are all these little elements that, you know, as, um, you know, as an English fan who grew up with it, you just understand all these things. But, you know, as somebody who's, who's tuning in the last few years, I'm trying to pick this all up. I am yeah. loving the, I, I just love the cultural part of this exchange that you're watching British announcers discuss British football and they're not talking down to us at all. You know, they're not doing, right. uh, you know, in, in America, uh, you throw in with both hands. Uh, you know, it's not yeah. like, it's not really like some of the American announcers are when they're talking to us. So I like that, but I still have to pick up some of these things. Yeah, I, sure. I also like when they, the announcers give us some expressions that I'm not familiar with. And, and here's one that I thought was awesome. I kind of get what it, what it means, but I want to make a hundred percent sure. Okay. Uh, Rebecca yep. Lowe, right. That's the name of the, uh, the studio lady. Yeah. Studio host. Yeah. She said that game will be a cracker. <laughs> what does that mean? Exactly. Well, it's going to be a great game. Okay. When you talk about that's it. As simple as that. It's going to be a cracking game. Mass, really good game. So, yeah, that's it's. What's really the that origin simple. of that? It's it's. It, what's the origin of cracker? Any idea? Just uh... well, I, I'm guessing from the crackers. Typically at Christmas, there's crackers that are put on um, on tables. So I know for us is in uh, in England they have these Christmas crackers. And so they're actually like little kind of, uh, I, I don't know what the American term would be, but you kind of pull on them and then they basically will open up and there's little gifts and toys in there. Ah. So so when you have that, you know, when you think about a cracker, it's always kind of exciting because Christmas comes, everybody gets excited for Christmas and then you pull the cracker and then you get a prize. And so I think that's kind of deemed part of the uh the, the culture from where the the word cracker comes from. So uh, that's so awesome. that's when when <laughs> when people talk about it, yeah, you're like you're opening up your your Christmas cracker, and this is going to be a good one. So they'll always talk about games over Christmas. Oh, this is going to be a Christmas cracker. This is going to be something you want to watch. Okay, and, uh, it's always exciting. I like that. You know, well, you know, of course, you know, cracker means something different here in yeah. America. And there was sure. another moment. Uh, that happened during the game. I forget which game it was, but Lee Dixon was the yeah the, the announcer, and he used the British term for um, cigarettes. That is a common like slang term, um, and in America, it's a slur against homosexuals. And, and and at the end of the at the end of the game, he had to do an on air apology. So I think okay. you know these are the sort of things that. You know, we're going to work out through our cultures, through through football. <laughs> so that's yeah. right. Cracker that's right. and the other term means something <laughs> different here. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Exactly. All right. So now I'm going to put you on the spot, Adam, and this is the part right. you've been dreading. I know you're dreading yeah. this. Uh, we have 20 teams in the Premier League, and we have. Uh, to help us learn more about all of these teams, I am preparing quizzes for you. All right? This is a quiz about – I'm going to start with an easy one. This is your team. Your favorite okay. team is Chelsea. Okay? Great. And it's Great. a multiple-choice test. There are five questions. All right. All right? If you If you get three correct, you pass the test. Okay. 
All right. The first one. Chelsea won its first league championship in which year? 1932, 1942, 1955, or 1956? Whew. Wow. Um, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with... 55. Oh, very good. You get that one correct. Oof. Wow. All right. I know you're nervous. Hang in there. All right, here we go. (laughs) This one should be easy because it's probably written all over the uh, uniforms. All right. Chelsea was founded in what year? 1905, 1915, 1925, or 1935? All right. This one I do know. 1905. That is correct. Two for two. All right. This one could seal it for you. Roman Abramovich, the owner of Chelsea, mm-hmm. made the money that enabled him to buy Chelsea in the entertainment industry, the oil industry, the manufacturing industry, or the telecommunications industry. I believe he is an oil baron. Oh, wow. Three for three. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, a Russian oligarch owns Chelsea. Yes. Yeah. All right. That's good. Um, Since 2003. Yep. All right. These last two are much harder, but since you've already passed, there's the pressure is off. Okay. That's good. Which song released before the 1972 league cup final featured the entire Chelsea squad singing a song. Okay. Do I get, is this multiple choice? No, this is not. (laughs) This one's filled with a blank. (laughs) Oh gosh! Which which, which song? What's the name of the song? The 1972 Chelsea squad put put out a song. It was a hit song of them singing, um, and it was about the League Cup final. Okay, and it was about Chelsea. I'm going to go with Blue is the Color. <laughs> You're starting to look these up, aren't you? You cheated. No, I did. <laughs> no, no, I, I do know that Blue is the Color. Yes, Absolutely. that is right. 1972. How old were you in 1972? Oh, I was a bustling one year old. Okay. At so that, that time. I would have forgiven you if you didn't know that one, but you did. So you're four for four. I, and I sing that song quite often. The kids know that around the house. So there oh, you go. Okay. So that's still the big song. Yeah, oh yeah, blue is the color, football is the game. Absolutely, yeah. They the still big one. sing that in the crowd and everything. That's yeah. like that's like yeah. the Chelsea yeah. song, right? Certainly one of them, yeah. All right. Chelsea's highest home attendance was 82,905 for a first division match against who on the 12th of October 1935. Was it Ooh. against Man U? Liverpool? Wigan or Arsenal? I'm going to go with Arsenal. Five for five. Very impressive. (laughs) Oh, wow. Look at that. So next week we'll have another quiz. Uh, Do you have a preference of what uh, club you'd like to go with next? Hey, after this weekend, I'm just going to revel in this. So uh, (laughs) anyone is fine. Anyone is fine. Uh, okay, so uh, it'll be a surprise then because I haven't decided yet what it's going to be. Uh, if you're uh, 
trying to find free kicks you can find us uh, on the radio misfits podcast network we're also on itunes google play stitcher tune in um you can uh uh, subscribe to us uh, via uh, the RSS feed on the Radio Misfits uh, Podcast Network. And now it is time for uh, my uh, favorite part of the week because it helps me uh, plan out my DVR. And this is uh, Adam's TV tip. Let's get the audio. Now time for Adam's Weekend Soccer TV tip. tip. Okay. We had some good games last weekend. What do we got coming up this weekend? Well, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a good good weekend, I think, for for games in terms of what's going on. So, the game that I would definitely make sure you uh, you want to watch is Tottenham Hotspur versus Man United. So it's going to be a big one, especially with all the uh, stuff that's going around uh, with Jose, whether or not he's going to be still in a job. This could maybe uh, a big determining factor, especially if they lose a couple on the trot. So. And that game is actually on Monday, so it's not over the weekend. So you're okay. going to have to take the afternoon off. So it's a, <laughs> mon- it's a Monday afternoon game, so uh, which is good for my office. So I can sneak in and watch it in the office, which is nice. So Monday afternoon, typically one uh, forty-five kickoff, around about that time, uh, on NBCSN. And if and if Man U loses that game. Be sure to tune in after the game for the Jose Mourinho uh, press conference uh, because uh, he uh, is always worth a couple of, uh, uh, you know, bon mots uh, to his team. Yeah, he likes to uh, he he likes to throw the blame around, and it's always yeah. fun to see where the blame lands. It's never. In his lap, <laughs> just so you know, there's a lot of finger pointing that going on. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. So, if you'd like to know more about Adam and Rick, you can follow us on Twitter, uh, FK with Adam and Rick, and Facebook, Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. Or you can check out our day jobs. I'm author, publisher of Eckhart's Press, Eckhart'sPress.com, and the co-host of the Minutia Men podcast with David Stern, which I'll be taping here in about 30 seconds. Uh, Adam is the technical director and director of coaching uh, the Illinois Youth Soccer Association. The executive producer of the podcast is Tony Lasano of Opi Productions. We're distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Free Kicks. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? All right. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Pepper spray haircuts. A Tinder competition. Man poses as ghost to woo a woman. Dave's favorite cub of all time. And Rick's brush with celebrity Robert Urich. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. The Tony Lasano Podcast and Opie Production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. RadioMisfits.com. <laughs> <laughs>